From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. Uh, this is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, I should call it the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Woo! I missed that part. I'm, I'm trying to wing it a little bit and, and go a little less off the script. Doesn't seem to be working, but uh, if, if you want to l- listen to some more episodes, we've got our whole back catalog of previous episodes. They're all at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, you can hear past episodes with Storm Chaser Picos Hank Shima has been with us. Also, meteorologist Gary England. Uh, if you're looking to go that route, we've had all kinds of weather folks uh, on the show. But tonight, it is episode 92. We are with meteorologist and storm chaser Simon Brewer is our guest tonight. Going to be excited to talk to uh, Simon and, and uh, find out some things about him. We're also, of course, going to do our lightning round uh, game show with him. And uh, stick around because the end, we've always got our great hashtag weather fools. And tonight we are bringing back out of the garage uh, weather trollbot 5000 is going to be with us as well. Uh, but to start things off, we always got to find out who's actually joining us tonight with our co-hosts. It is happy hour every time we record. We it's record. Happy hour. Yeah, <laughs> already started happy hour. I'm, yeah. I'm started already, already. But let's find out what everybody's drinking. It just kind of sets up the fun nature of uh, our, our little show tonight. MJ, what do you got? Good evening, everybody. Tonight, uh, I'm back to Captain and Coke. I have a nice Coke. Coke glass here tonight. So nice that's job. fancy. Very fancy. Maz, what are you drinking? Uh, shout out to Mount Carmel Brewery for the hibiscus blueberry blonde. If I get this, like chroma key the first time I I'm know. on there. Which way do you go? There it is. There it hibiscus is. blueberry. It's good. Mount Carmel. Blueberry blonde. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a winter brew. Um, no, it's Does a it? carrier, but it's really good. 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 <clears throat> All right, Dina. Dina, what are you drinking tonight? I can't follow the blueberry blonde blonde one though i just have my chardonnay white wine there we go there we go chardonnay go i'm I'm waiting for you to bring back the hooch one of these days i was actually thinking about that today i was like (laughs) i was passing the liquor store i'm like i should get my box of hooch and uh, we're we're excited to bring back uh, and introduce uh, one of our new co-hosts on the show a former guest uh, but storm chaser and Star of the Tornado Hunters TV series, but Greg Johnson is with us. Greg, what are you what are you drinking up in Canada this year? I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind tonight, guys. Uh-oh. Um, so there's a little micro micro distillery here close to town, and uh, last year they brewed up. Uh, Whoa! They brewed up this uh, cinnamon whiskey. So think I want you to think about Fireball, but without the sugar. So it's uh, really just a spiced. Uh, whiskey, and here's the really cool part. No, oh, you're on hey. it, dude. Wow. That's wow. me on the back of the bottle. What's that it called? So That's cool. cool. It's called F5, and uh, it's a little micro, uh, micro distillery here in Saskatchewan. Uh, they brewed it up, and it's got my picture on the back. That is so cool. How, how'd that, that happen? Cool. What, how much you have to pay them for that? <laughs> nice one, Phil. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We just, uh, we it's been something we've been talking about doing for a while, and uh. Uh, unfortunately, they can't sell it outside of the province of Saskatchewan, so I can't uh, I can't get it to you guys at all. But uh, you never know; might have a have some on a trip down south, Simon. Maybe if I run into you on the road next. Yeah, summer. I was just thinking, how can I order this? Can can we get it in the United States? No, you can't. Oh, Is it illegal to mail it? Uh, it'd be like a fire hazard. I, yeah, can't I, mail it. I, the I question it, is, it illegal to come across the border with it? Uh, no, no, you can do that. Okay. You just gotta you just gotta pay a duty, but. The Canadian dollar is so bad. I think you guys would owe us money if I brought it across the board. <laughs> All right, Simon. Uh, Simon's joining us in, in Puerto Rico this evening. But, Simon, we always ask our guests, you know, the, the green room's always, fridge is always available. But what are you drinking tonight, Simon? 
Uh, well, I have access to a lot of uh, alcohol out here. I have some uh, Patron, but I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> I'm going to non-alcoholic tonight. I'm just not feeling it. I love ginger beer, and this is probably my favorite ginger beer. It's Fever Tree ginger mm. beer. Oh, cool. It's uh, very tasty and uh, refreshing. Interesting. So I'll be drinking right. that tonight. Nice. Interesting. Well, let, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to have uh, Maz's doing your introduction tonight. Yeah. So, uh, Maz, you got it, buddy. Awesome. Hey, a native of Moraine, Ohio, just up the road from us here, Simon Brewer, a meteorologist and storm chaser. He received his degree in meteorology from the University of Oklahoma in 2008. He's a young guy. Mm -hmm. He devotes his life to chasing, documenting, and uh, photographing extreme weather phenomena. Phenomena. <laughs> da, 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 da. Phenomena. Da, 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 da. Thank you. Simon has been chasing storms for more than a decade and is a former co-star of the 2011 Weather Channel series Storm Riders. That is a cool show, by the way. I watched some of that on YouTube today. Man, that is fast pace. How'd you like oh, nice. doing that? Thanks. That was fun. It was fun doing that. Yeah. How long did you, how long did you guys do it? Uh, we did that show for four years. Wow, four. We started in 2009 and our last chase for the show was in uh june of 2012. how did the weather channel and you get hooked up to start yeah. this whole show i did a lot of stuff for the weather channel a lot of one-off shows uh did some other little tiny series things and then i um try to remember it was maybe this one it was a show called tornado exclamation mark like tornado <laughs> and the yeah. producers really liked me from this uh, production company called peacock productions and they reached out to me to to do storm riders and they were just gonna kind of come out with me but i had uh, justin drake meteorologist justin drake chasing with me at the time and they're like well throw him in too so we uh just did that for four years and that was a pretty fun time you guys made a good team mm -hmm. oh thanks yeah. 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 We had a lot of fun. We're, we're like that out there chasing. Yeah, <laughs> did you guys ever come into the studios at Weather Channel? Yes, we did. I think I might have seen you because I was over on TV forever. Um, but I I have a feeling we walked by each other and might have said hi, but that was it. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I, I met a lot of people and I'm really bad with names. Yeah. Uh, if you saw a really like large Ophi dude, that was me. <laughs> well, Dina doesn't walk by a whole lot of people. No, I don't talk to anyone. Why it's memorable. I'm very antisocial. <laughs> you, uh, Simon, are you still chasing with Justin? Are you much or? Uh, we chase a lot, uh, mostly tornadoes. And every once in a while, he'll jump in for hurricanes too. He's working, I don't know, like kind of several jobs right now. He's working for a several sheriff's departments in the Northeast Kansas area doing their IT work. And then whenever he can, he comes out and chases with me. Hmm. He doesn't like winter storms, so he'll, he'll never come out and chase. Well, he has chased a few winter storms, but I kind of like forced him to because we were chasing tornadoes in December. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going after this blizzard in Kansas. So you're kind of Where's home base for you? Uh, home base for me is technically Dayton, Ohio, but I'm all over the place. I spend a lot of time in New York. Uh, I have a brother that lives in Atlanta. I spend a lot of time out in the plains chasing, of course. I'm, I'm all over the place. So you got a really good collection of those little soaps? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> in fact, I try not to collect things anymore because they just start taking up tons of space. I've just been feeding things out to everyone. Simon, what you chase, uh, you said winter storms, you chase everything, right? I chase everything. Yeah, I okay. chase year round. So I have to kind of pace myself. I, I look for like big things and just, just go out. And sometimes I get really into it. And I'm chasing for days on end and I have to kind of take a break for a second. So I get kind of pickier now. I used to get really upset if I missed a, a big event. But now I have to be a little bit pickier chasing year round as opposed to just chasing during the spring or just chasing a little bit in the fall for hurricanes. I saw, I don't know if it was your Twitter or Facebook page or what it was. What was the hurricane that you were like chest deep in the storm surge? Huh? I'm not, that might've been hurricane Isaac. 
there have been a couple, but yeah, Hurricane Isaac. I think we spent a lot of time. We spent like half a day on the storm surge. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you ever have fun. one of those moments that it was like, uh oh, I really made bad choices showing up to that? Well, like, get ever get where you get scared. I, I don't really get scared too much. Um, there's times when I'm like. This might hurt a lot, and I'm gonna do whatever I can to minimize the damage. That kind of thing, because if I get like really, if you get scared, you might panic and do something bad and put yourself in greater danger. I just, I do a lot of. I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna do whatever I can to minimize the damage or minimize, you know, you know what what bad things that could happen to me, and uh, that's that's kind of how I how I roll. <laughs> So how, how do you support your chasing, Simon? Well, right now, uh, not doing a show. Like If I'm not getting paid for a show, I'm freelancing, just selling footage and photos, and licensing them out. Okay. You're, not, you're not getting paid for this either, just to let you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm checking my account before Ch- checks we start. In the <laughs> 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 we'll be right check. If, we we check. if we're not, you're not. All right, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Simon, Simon, let's let's talk about the licensing for a second. What what do you where do you, where does the money come from? Like, what, is it tornadoes? Is it hurricanes? Is it the winter storm stuff? What? It's it's everything, and uh, sometimes it can be really weird things. Uh, so sometimes I get like a shot of some business uh, or some some car because somebody got in my shot that I wasn't even trying to get them in my shot and they're backing up. And next thing I know they're, they're contacting uh, my, my booker to license footage, this little 10 second clip for a lot because they want to put it in a commercial. So, but I mean, yeah. on average, it's really everything. I, I saw a lot of winter storm footage, hurricane footage, tornado footage, uh, wildfires, floods, uh, high wind events. Do you have a favorite? that you like doing the most hurricanes are my favorite are they yeah yeah i love the dynamics that are going on with hurricanes i love tornadoes a lot but hurricanes are amazing tornadoes i watch them hurricanes i take part yeah Um, i I saw you had a handheld anemometer it was like 117 miles an hour and i'm like dude you're crazy because you're 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 like a 30 degree angle off the floor (laughs) you know out there in the cement i'm like what that was that was my happy place. That was <laughs> our we were on this little twenty foot wide uh, piece of a barrier island. There was nothing uh, upstream from us, um, so so nothing was going to blow blow into us. My biggest concern was that our, our vehicle was kind of on the edge of the road, so we were a little bit worried that maybe a really strong wind gust would would send it into the water. Uh, but besides that. Uh, we that was my happy place. Like I, I, that was really kind of the happiest I've ever been chasing. Right there. You know what though? If you get hit with a halibut at 117 oh. miles an hour, oh yeah, yeah, that that kind of hurt. That, that could happen. I'd probably laugh as it's like cutting, you know, through my throat or something. <laughs> oh, so, leaving some scales. So Simon, we have a, a one of our viewers had a question. I think you kind of maybe just answered it, but see if if that applies. He says, uh, what, "What was your favorite storm chase or tornado?" Pawnee storm chasers um, checking in. Favorite storm chase was yeah, probably Hurricane Irma. Uh, we were in Saddle Bunch Keys, uh, getting just pounded by the Iowa, getting wind measurements. I got that 117 mile per hour wind measurement on a handheld anemometer. It was much higher than that, of course. Uh, you're not going to be able to really get a, a super accurate reading on a handheld anemometer because your hands, you know, when that gust, the really strong gusts are hitting, your hands also kind of flinging backward. <laughs> and your body is kind of getting shoved at the same time. So you're, you're, it's probably more likely getting in the 120 to 130 range, something like that. And uh, during shortly after we were getting uh, measurements, it started to lighten up because we were starting to get an eye. And uh, the winds were, were lightening quite a bit. We weren't getting those super strong gusts. So we drove further east because we know the center was going to cross over a little bit to our east. And as we were getting like really almost in the edge, it was really bright. You see this gigantic stovepipe tornado on the inner eyewall cross the highway, highway one, right? In wow. Front of it and see it like going out over the bay, disappearing. And we knew that there was a good chance that there were a lot of tornadoes in the inner eyewall because as the eye was approaching, we we're staring at the radar 
and you could see all these little tiny mesos, like just just speckled all along the inner eye wall. And we knew there was a good chance that some of those were some pr some pretty you know big tornadoes in there. And we we always theorized that there were probably a lot more tornadoes in the inner eye wall than than once thought, just because it's hard to see them, and you kind of see them in the damage. When a really strong hurricane makes landfall, you'll see little intense areas where you know there's like a you know some they'll, they'll call it like a meso vortice but i mean really i mean it's a tornado because you have a you have a meso vortice can develop but you also can get like actual tornadoes in the inner eye wall because you have an updraft and you have an incredible amount of vorticity wow that had to be so cool to yeah. see like have you ever sustained damage like big damage, like not just hail damage in a storm but have you ever wrecked a vehicle doing that or anything? Um, during Hurricane Katrina, I mean, this wasn't our fault. In Hurricane Katrina, we were detained by the Slidell Police Department. Uh, and our car was forced to be at their uh, police department. And the storm surge from Katrina took out my car. Aww. And then um, and on May 22nd of 2004, we took refuge in a building in Howland, Nebraska. Like we were uh, filming this. It used to be the, the widest tornado ever recorded is two and a half mile wide, uh, monstrous wedge uh, passed by uh, this town called Wilbur and then went and slammed Hallam. And we were on the east side of Wilbur. The tornado was starting to cut off our route to the east. So we went back to the west into town and watched it go off to our east. And we went back into town we knew we were going to get slammed by some monster hail. We were hearing reports of uh, grapefruit size hail busting out people's windows. We jumped into this building. Uh, it was this old building in the middle of town. And something wasn't right. We knew we were still under the mesocyclone because of how dark it was. It should have been a lot brighter than it was. And then you could hear something kind of like behind us hitting the town. We, we thought it was like the tornado was occluding and it was backtracking over town. So that's one of those moments where I'm like, well, there's nothing we can do. I This is probably going to hurt a lot. Hopefully we'll come out of this okay. Next thing I know, the top of the building gets ripped off and thrown onto our car. And it wow. was a satellite tornado that had wrapped around uh, the larger tornado and, and hit our just hit the building we were in and ripped the top floor off and threw it onto our vehicle. And so we were stuck in town for a little bit. And a storm chaser... You guys probably know him, uh, Rocky Raskovich. Anyone? Yeah, I do. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He came into town and uh, the next day and picked us up, met him for the first time, and he uh, took us back to Oklahoma. And then we wow. had to search for a new car. What a nice and, guy. And then, you, and then you went to his house for a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we uh, did a little impromptu chase that next day when we were down near the Tulsa area. So that was that was pretty fun. Did so, you get so video? Go ahead, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, did you get video of that one? Because I saw some video. I couldn't tell if it was in a hurricane or a tornado. You had some amazing video. Oh, thanks. thanks. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. It, it looks like this whole building was hitting just the front side of the car. And, and you know. This, yeah, we did get video of the, of the Helm tornado. Uh, okay. My uh, chase partner at the time, Jim Bishop, was right in front of me and I was crouched down behind him. And then behind me was uh, our friend, uh, Mark McGowan, who was chasing with us. And he's, I believe saying like uh, a lot of Hail Marys. Um, <laughs> he's a sometimes Catholic. So you guys were out of the, you guys were out of the car at that point. Yeah. 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 Oh, we were wow. out of the car. So I'm, I'm thinking this is going to hurt a lot, but I hope Jim's recording and Jim's, <laughs> recording thinking i hope it's recording and mark <laughs> behind us and he's saying hail mary so <laughs> so so we've got another uh, another viewer question that kind of uh, appropriate here as you talk about the harrowing experiences um they're asking how do you vary your plan of travel or escape routes in regards to the ever-changing dynamics of hurricanes now you were just talking about tornadoes but uh, they're extra hazards compared to tornadoes yes yes yeah there's a lot of stuff in hurricanes uh, and my, I love hurricanes. Uh, in my opinion, there's two real basic rules you need to follow with hurricanes to survive. If you're going to be in one, because I guess there's the first rule is not to be near one. But uh, if you're going to be in one, don't let large things fall on your on your head. 
That could be a tree, utility pole. Uh, it can be things that people don't even think of. Um, I really don't like in places like Florida, a lot of those uh, uh, tiles on the roofs. Mm. Uh, oh, those tiles yeah. become very dangerous. Uh, large air conditioning units on the top of uh, the like Walmarts and stuff, those can crush vehicles. Mm. Uh, stay away from large uh, masonry walls, such as a Walmart or a Walgreens. Don't park next to those things because uh, the pressure perturbations with high winds. So you don't need like the winds to knock down the wall. The winds just going by the wall can cause really strong pressure perturbations and the wall will just fall over and crumble. Wow, you would think that would be a safer place. I'm glad you mentioned that because you think a masonry wall, that's oh, pretty no. sturdy. Stay away from those things. Stay away okay. from things that are big and heavy that can fall on you. So and then the I've other heard. thing is to uh, make sure you don't drown. And that could be right. freshwater flooding. That could be the storm surge. So if you're chasing a hurricane and you're not near like, a, say, a creek or a river, make sure you're probably like a good 30 to 35 feet of, uh, above sea level and you're, you're fine from flooding. And then just make sure something big doesn't fall on you. Usually the first person that perishes or gets severely injured in a hurricane is someone that has a tree fall in their house. Okay. So I've heard you say stay away from Walmart twice. <laughs> <laughs> what about Walmart with a creek next to it? Is this like triple bad? Is it? Uh... So Walmart right on the beach <laughs> next to a creek <laughs> surrounded by uh, cell phone towers. Really right. bad. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So where would you set up? Like if, if you're driving to say, you don't want to get too close to the coast for surge, you don't want to get next to a building like that. Do you just park off the side of the road or what do you do? What um, do you look for? It's really a judgment call uh, going into some place. Cause sometimes I moved at the last minute. So I don't have any time to scout out a place and, and I used to go well in advance and scout out places. And it, I found out that was kind of a waste of time because I might decide I'm going to be in West Palm Beach and really I'm going to be down near Miami or I'm going to be way up near Daytona at the last minute. And it's happened so many times where now I just kind of have a general idea where I'm going and where I might need to be. And I have an idea in my mind, like I don't want to get caught on this one specific road as the eye walls coming in. Because if I'm caught on this one road, there are a lot of really tall trees lining that road that could block me in and, and trap me on that road. So I just want to make sure I'm not trapped uh, right before the before I make my final decision. And I also want to make sure that I'm able to get someplace in advance. Like, like I don't want to cross a bridge when the eye wall is, is coming over. And when I mean a bridge, I'm not talking about a little bridge. I'm talking about one of those large causeways. Because if, if the winds are gusting anywhere near 100 miles an hour on some of those causeways, it doesn't take much for your car to start shaking and maybe a hundred mile per hour wind isn't going to cause your car to flip over if it's parked, but your car starts shaking, your car is moving forward. The lip can move a little bit and all of a sudden the aerodynamic uh, structure of your car is getting compromised and it gets airborne and you're 50 feet above the ground. Oh my God. Mackinac bridge. Yep. Yeah, so I, I make sure that I'm not, you know, going over a really big bridge as the high winds are moving in, and I'm not on some state highway with a lot of trees on it. So, like Hurricane Michael, when it came in to Mexico Beach, we made a last-minute decision. We were in somewhere in the Callaway area on the uh, east side of Panama City Beach, um, or Panama City, not Panama City Beach. We're in Panama City on the east side in one of those suburbs. And we want to get down closer to Mexico Beach. Um, we knew the eye was wobbling a little bit, and it could go over Mexico Beach, or it could go just a little bit, say, over like Tyndall Air Force Base. But there was a causeway that we had to take to get over to Tyndall Air Force Base, and we thought the winds were a little bit too strong at that point for us to go over the causeway. So we took this back route that did take us by some trees, but we knew we weren't going to get hit by storm surge if we got trapped on that road. So we took this back way over to Mexico Beach. We got into Mexico Beach. There was a, and we saw that the storm was maybe uh, shifting a little bit more towards Tyndall Air Force Base. And there was this uh, highway. I think it was Highway 83. Maybe we didn't want to go on Highway 83 because it was just lined with huge trees. So we decided to stick it out in Mexico Beach, regardless of whether we got inside the middle of the eye or just got hammered by the eye wall. And it ended up getting hammered by the eye wall. 
Wow. So it was pretty good timing. That was a good decision. Yeah. So, hey, tell you what, storm freaks, weather geeks out there, uh, if, if you're like us, you, you like to keep track of uh, what's going on uh, by having a weather station and, more importantly, want to highlight the Accurite Atlas weather station. So Accurite, their newest weather station is called the Atlas, and we have a number of our co-host freaks uh, actually have this model and mj we talked about this last episode i know you've got one i'm curious because because you not only can use uh the hub and and view all of your data on the app uh, which is called the my accurite app uh, but you also it can come with this high definition this awesome color monitor but i'm I'm curious which one you tend to use the most you you know I was thinking about that and going, I, I use both. I mean, it's just different things for different situations. Um, I, I use the app. The app is fabulous. Uh, and I use that obviously when I'm away from home, I dial it up and I can see, I, I will look, especially for things like rainfall and rainfall rates and things like that. We're, I mean, we're not prone to flooding necessarily where I am, but Heavy rainfall cause problems all the time of different sure. sorts. And so I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at temperature and lightning because I've got mm-hmm. the lightning detector on it. And so that'll tell me about storms, you know, that are around home when I'm not at home or when I'm on my way home. Um, so that's great. The cool. the uh, the display, though, I've got it. You can't see it. It's on the wall right across from me. Mm-hmm. But that hangs up downstairs in our family room. And uh, we look at that all the time when we're here, you know, cool. for different things. So it's and great. I know I know Accurate also has uh, the the one previous to that that they still have is it's called the five in one uh, weather station. You had that one previously, I did. But I thought it was kind of cool that when you got your um, when you got the Atlas, you did you donated your five in one to somebody, correct? I did. I did. I did. So in in more Minnesota where I live, we have a, a big Nordic ski race every February. It's called Vassalopa USA. And there's a really uh, nice set of trails and there's a, a Nordic center that's been built and it's maintained by the Morris Ski Club. And they, uh, I donated it to them. They're a nonprofit and they use it now for the official readings from the Vassal nice. USA Nordic oh, cool. Center. And they, through their connection to, through the connection to uh, Weather Underground, they've got the badge with the actual conditions uh, on the website for, so it's really a cool deal. It, it that's works neat. out really nice for them. That's neat. Well, uh, to find out more, you just got to go to Accurite.com, A-C-U-R-I-T-E.com. And when you go there, feel free to use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I use PODCAST. Uh, When you check out, you're going to get 10% off all your Accurite products that you're purchasing. Uh, So great way to not only get maybe a great weather station, but they've got some other great weather tools as well. Again, that's Accurite.com and use promo code PODCAST. So we're going to take a break. We want you to go get a drink. I'm going to go get one as well. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have a chance to talk a little bit more with Simon. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code STORM at checkout. That code again is STORM. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, so we're back here with uh, meteorologist and storm chaser, Simon Brewer. And, and Simon, as a chaser, I think we, we have a lot of uh, storm chasers that, that like to listen and, and watch us as well. What, what kind of advice? Actually, tell me this. This is going to be a two-part question. First off, what, do you, what kind of resources do you use on Chase Day uh, to, to track the storms that you're following? And then number two, what are some tips that, that you think you can give to people that are currently chasing that you think could be helpful or maybe they're brand new to uh, considering it. Ooh, <laughs> there's a lot that goes in there. <laughs> All right. So, so step one. So oh, what are the resources uh, you're on? Chap- chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> so what resources well, do you use first? Oh boy. Uh, I uh, want to say a big thank you to weather.cod because <laughs> I use their, their uh, model pages a lot. Nice. I use their satellite pages a lot. Um, 
NCAR for their surface maps. Oh boy, I've been using those since uh, 99 when I uh, first started chasing and going to Oklahoma. Uh, I feel like this is your Emmy award-winning speech. <laughs> I'd like to thank... Uh, I want to uh, thank my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I call my mom and I, I say, hey mom, where do you think I should go to? <laughs> What's my she target? Says, back home. And I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I look at first thing I look at is uh, probably upper air maps and satellites, and and I go through data really quick. I analyze stuff very fast. Uh, when I'm usually analyzing data with my friends, they're yelling at me to to slow down because uh, I'm just <laughs> flying through the pages. Like I know what I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm looking for on satellites. Uh, I'm looking at water vapor a lot. Looking for signs of a uh, little tiny uh, embedded vort- vorticity maxima. And, I, and even in the smaller troughs, the little shortwave troughs that are coming through, there's like the big Fort Max. And then there's like usually a little embedded uh, Maxima in there that can cause some uh, early convection. Uh, I'm looking for uh, a moisture infection. Uh, if you want to, boy, I, <laughs> that's, that's really a lot of stuff. I look at, I look at models uh, a lot. I look at, I compare models with the upper air data. Like sometimes I'm looking at the models and I'm like, hmm, something weird's going on here. And then I switch over the upper air data and kind of compare. And if the models aren't doing or aren't necessarily even uh, initializing with what I think the upper air data and the satellites are showing, then I kind of throw the models out the door, out the, the window a little bit, you know, um, and stick more with uh, the, the real time data. And a uh, little bit old school with that. Any horoscopes? You <laughs> I do check horoscopes. Yeah. Hey, 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 Simon, I got a question for you about the about the forecasting and the day of. How how much does the the metro areas, the terrain, you know, the different lakes and rivers that you had to cross, how much does that play into the decisions you make as to where you're going to chase? Well, the only uh, rivers can be a big pain, as you know. Uh, especially some of those really annoying ones, uh, like say uh, up in uh, uh, the Missouri River can be a real big pain. Uh, Red River can be a big pain because there's only so many crossings. And that that really comes into uh, strategy, uh, which might have been part of your question, Phil. I don't know if it was, but strategy, uh, I have a lot of different strategies because when I'm making a forecast, I make plan A, Plan B, Plan C. Sometimes it goes down to like pretty far down the list. Uh, you know what I'm going to do if this happens. What I'm going to do if this happens, and rivers go into play there. For example, on the I forget the exact date, uh, but back in May this year, the Mangum Tornado Day, which uh, a lot of parameters were were pretty high in parameters. The cap was uh, was pretty strong and held off. Uh, in my opinion, kept things from being. Uh, the mega outbreak, but that storm that produced the Mangum tornado, we took into account the Red River and we took into account the number of chasers that were gonna be out that day and decided we were going to stay on the north side of the Red River and wait for the storm. We knew we might miss some tornadoes, but we thought we were banking on a much larger tornado uh, after across the, the Red River. And we were sweating bullets while that storm was on the other side of the river because uh, we saw the, the smaller tornadoes uh, developing and we're like, okay, yeah, I was okay, there. I was there. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then as I, it was I, I played, the I played <laughs> I, yeah, I played on, I, I stayed in Texas. We caught the little Paducah needle and, uh, and then, yeah, we got screwed by the, the Red River and uh, missed everything that happened in Oklahoma. So, uh, that that's actually was the example I was okay, kind of asking okay. about because yeah you know because because the parameters on the Texas side were so incredible, but like you said the the cap just uh, kept everything from going crazy. Yeah, they were they were incredible uh, across the board, and and our biggest concern that day was the cap, and uh, we saw how a lot of the convective models were eroding the cap completely, and uh, lighting lighting it up. Like lighting up the whole map like a Christmas tree and having like little supercells everywhere producing tornadoes. And uh, 
we weren't sold on it. We thought the cap was going to be pretty strong and we were going to stay, have to stay near some more focused areas of uh, convergence and um, ended up just kind of playing that. Like we, like we thought there was even a chance that that storm that you were on in Texas was going to start to get squeezed off by the cap and become elevated by the time it came into Oklahoma. So, so we were really worried about that day. And we knew it was hazy that day. And we knew it was hazy from the, from the smoke down from the fires in Mexico. And I dealt with that back in 2003 uh, on some days, on some big days, uh, where, where a storm was right in front of me and I could barely see anything. You wouldn't know that a storm was in front of you. So as that storm was crossing the Red River, I'm like, this thing's crossing the Red River. And I just kind of see a, a kind of darker area. You had, you had to be right on top of the tornado to see it. Yeah. Like you, you wow. had to be right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally, it was so hazy from that smoke. Uh, it was pretty ridiculous. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah that day is a, probably a perfect example there. Um, but I'm not afraid to chase anywhere. If I, if I, I try to go where I think the biggest stuff's going to be. So I, I got I, I to, Simon, yeah. I got to squeeze one more question in for, for you here, though. Uh, so you got some great footage, uh, amazing photography. But as we listen to you, obviously, you've got the, the giant brain going on as well. Like you got the, you got the meteorology side, right? Like, like that, that's almost overtaken the conversation a little bit, all the, the technical details. So um, you come at this as a meteorologist, as a, you know, from the, the numbers and the, you know, you talk about the, the surface maps and the, and the fronts and, and the, the, you know, little details of, of forecasting. Tell me about getting into the photography side of it. Like, was that a, was that an afterthought for you? Like, are you a meteorologist oh, yeah. that learned the photography or like, how does, how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's exactly how it happened. Uh, I started off as a, when I was three years old, I started to become obsessed with weather because uh, I was at a T-ball game. My brothers were playing T-ball and I was too young to play yet. And uh, I was on in the stands with my mom and as a, the sky got black off to the Southwest and I remember this. I remember this pretty well, the images. And I remember hearing the parents saying that there was a tornado warning. And next thing I know, all the parents were running out of the stands and grabbing their kids off the field. And my mom's rushing me and my brothers off the field and we were racing home. And that was the first time I ever saw grownups scared of something. I've never seen them scared before in my life. They were like gods. And all of a sudden my gods in my world were scared of something and it was a tornado warning. So. I took an interest in that um, and it uh, blossomed from there. When the meteorology, so I'm obsessed with, with meteorology, obsessed with uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and learning about the meteorology. I didn't know if I was going to get a job in weather. I just went to college to study it. And while I'm there, I start chasing storms and I had this little crappy uh, Olympus point and shoot, <laughs> 35 millimeter. And I quickly started seeing my friends with nicer cameras with interchangeable lenses. So I kind of learned from them and then started learning how to shoot, uh, you know, with a nicer interchangeable lenses. So I think I got my first Canon Rebel X SLR camera in uh, spring of 2000. Uh, and then uh, got my first digital SLR camera, which was a Rebel XTI in spring of 2007. Yeah, spring of 2007. So uh, yeah, I had to learn uh, how to how to shoot, how to shoot footage, how to shoot uh, with uh, film, and then how to shoot on a digital camera. So I got a quick question, Simon. It's my last question for you. So, so what's on your bucket list? I mean, when you're like, man, if I could just experience uh, this. Yeah. So happy guy. So my bucket list is to document a uh, high-end uh, category five hurricane with a pinhole eye. A pinhole eye going over my location, preferably on an island. Uh, wow. And the pinhole eye would be somewhere in the, um, the four to five mile diameter range. Wow. Crystal wow. clear, by the way. So you're just looking up a tunnel 
looking straight up through a tunnel of, of convection, just twisted convection. And, and the roar is just surrounding me. And as that's occurring, there's a total solar eclipse. <laughs> oh my god i, I, I feel at that like point i might my heart might explode and i'll just fall to the ground we should be playing face. some soft music while this is being uh Enya. i'll be listening to Enya. Enya. Oh, Enya. <laughs> That's and on great. your deathbed, you'll receive total consciousness yeah <laughs> i might be riding a white horse while this is all happening i think so that, that sounds pretty good good luck on that by the way <laughs> Uh, hey, so that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round, Simon. This is our game show of flashy questions. We always play with our guests. Uh, we always invite uh, our listeners to uh, play along with us as well, and the freaks can always jump in to help out. Uh, but one of the things I read about you, Simon, is apparently you like to sculpt and build things and create things. And, uh, and so I, I thought nothing less than to have a game show that had something to do with Lego and so this is called Lego Worst or Most, uh, which is basically uh, what we're going to do. This comes from thegamer.com, and this is a list of some of the worst Legos and some of the most expensive Lego sets. So these are, these are sets. Uh, did you ever do Legos as a kid or now? Oh, yeah, even? yeah, yeah. Okay. I love Lego. Okay, good. So we call it Lego worst or most so i will give you the name of the lego set and you just have to tell me is it one of the worst or is it one of the most most expensive lego sets that's all you got to tell me does that make sense okay now are we talking expensive like now they're like selling it on yes eBay yes like, like yes like lot? collector's okay. items kinds okay. of things does that make sense that's cool yeah okay good so here we go so we're gonna start this off uh, the first set is the Lego Taj Mahal set of 2008. Is that one of the worst or one of the most expensive? Now, when you say worst, are we talking like, like worst of the like, most expensive? Or no, no, like we're, no, one thing? no it, 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 it's worse. Like it's really, it's crap. In, <laughs> in most people's opinion, it's crap. Um, so, so it's either going to be, it's it's a really nice set and it's worth a lot of money, or it's it's a piece of crap set and it's probably not worth crap. You know, I don't I don't really want to offend anybody. I mean, Taj Mahal. Uh, <laughs> we we offend all kinds of people on this. Show. I, I I think I think there's a probably a a group of people that that might really like that. Okay, so <laughs> so, so all, say, all you have to say politics? all you have to are say you, is most or worst. Most, I'll say most. You're gonna say most, and and you would be correct. It wow. is uh, that set is now uh, worth up to fourteen hundred twenty-two bucks. What? The two thousand eight Taj Mahal set. All right, here's the next one. Since it took us ten minutes to get the answer on that one, uh, number the second one is Mr. Bunny of two thousand and three. Mr. Bunny is that one of the worst or one, one of the worst? The most? One of the worst. Uh, that would be All correct. Right. One of the worst. All right, next one: the Star Wars Death Star of two thousand and nine. Hands oh, oh. down, up there. Yeah, it's up there. Yes, yeah, most. Most that is uh, going for uh, almost two grand right now. Oh, wow. Then there's the Lego Time Cruisers Hypno Cruiser. Time Cruisers Hypno Cruiser, one of the worst sets or most expensive. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I yeah. say, yeah. I say least. You're gonna say le worst, one of the worst. That uh, worst would be the uh, the the answer, and that would be the correct oh, answer. It is one of the worst. I mean, you're kicking butt. All right, <laughs> next one: Star Wars Assassin Droids Battle Pack of 2009. One of the worst or most expensive? <laughs> I don't know. Any more time, Star Wars. Greg, Greg's yeah. got that one. It says Star Wars. I think Star Greg's Wars. got that one. So it's the Star Wars Assassin Droids Battle Pack of 2009. I'll go with one of the worst. <laughs> One of the worst? You would actually be oh. correct. I tried to catch you on that one because yeah. it's a Star Wars one. But... Yeah, it is Star Wars. No, I caught me. All right, here we go. The, the Lego Inside Tour Clumsy Hands. Lego Inside Tour Clumsy Hands. This was of 2005. One of the worst or most expensive? Worst. You're going to say worst? Oh. That, that would be incorrect. Ooh. Now, if you actually uh, Google and look up the Inside Tour Clumsy Hands... 
I would probably agree that it's probably one of the worst as well. But this sucker's going for uh, over seven thousand dollars. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I've never even heard of it. Do people yep, know they yep. can go on a trip somewhere warm for that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Next one is the Lego Market Street of 2007. What do you think that one is? Worst or most? Market Street. I say uh, let's go with the uh, worst. That's it. that's incorrect. That baby's going for about eleven hundred bucks right now. Oh. Market Street, two thousand seven. Started strong, but you're on a yep. real slide. <laughs> we got we got three left. Three left. Simon, okay. the Town Square Castle scene uh, of nineteen eighty three. The Town Square Castle scene. Oh, most or worst? The people really love the castles. I love the castles. I'll go. I'll go. It's one of the best. One of the. Oh, that boy. that would be incorrect. So so again, That's if you Google feet. this thing, it, it's like a it's like a town square, and then right in this like in the middle of it is a freaking yellow castle oh. with some knights <laughs> in it. It it makes absolutely no sense. It might be worth money. It's from 1983, probably. But all right, uh, we got the Lego operations in Mexico. The Lego operations in Mexico. Most or worst? <laughs> Where do we get these? I don't know. This is from thegamer.com. Thegamer.com. Worst. You're gonna say the worst? No, that man. that incorrect. It is the most. That baby's going for about twelve hundred bucks right now. <laughs> and the last one, let's finish strong, Simon. Jolly Santa 2017. <laughs> Jolly Santa of 2017. Worst. Uh, let's go with worst. <laughs> and that would be correct. All right. <laughs> Way to finish strong, man. <laughs> well done. Well, thanks for playing along. That was actually pretty good. You you know your Legos. What what was your favorite Lego set as a kid? It was this uh, kind of a knight's pirate ship. It was kind of a mix between pirates and knights. I like it. it. It sounds like a yellow castle in the middle of town square. <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your bucket list Lego? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Uh, so, so, so hey, uh, do do, a, do us a favor, Simon. Tell tell us how our listeners and viewers can uh, find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter most easily and uh, i'm on the other social media platforms but i'm rare really show up on it so just look for me on twitter on simon Stormrider. simon Stormrider. that sounds good all right well uh hang on everybody uh if you hang on tight we're going to be coming back with our uh, hashtag weather fools and our wx resources Hi, this is Gary England. It's Friday night in the big town, baby, all dressed up, no place to go. Jump back, throw me down Loretta. Hey, be sure and listen in every week, right? Every week, the Stormfront Freaks podcast, baby. It's the best in the world. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Welcome back, everybody. This is the time of the show where we have weather pools. It's the time where... People who do stupid things in weather get caught on camera, and we kind of make fun of them. You know, we don't want to make fun of you if you get hurt or anything, but if you do something stupid, we're going to we definitely make... Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little. Not badly, little but yeah, we're definitely going to make fun of you. So, Phil, I think you have a weather pool, correct? I, I do. So, the first one I'm going to show you comes from uh, Weather Channel's Mike Seidel, and he, he took this video. This was on Twitter. He took this video. This was on Lake Michigan. Silver oh. Beach on Lake Michigan, 46-degree water temp, Ooh. and you got a surfer. There you go. got a guy surfing 46-degree water. Simon, I know you do that sure. all the time, so I shouldn't oh, call yeah. him a weather fool while you're here. Is that me? <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> Hair's not long enough. Hair's not long enough. So wow. I, I'm well, sorry. I'm wearing a wig, I think. Surfing is great. Uh, don't get me wrong. Love it. Uh, but I'm not doing it in 46-degree water. So whoever that person was, uh, Mike Seidel says he's amped up at the end, and I, I'm sure he is amped up to me in 46-degree <laughs> water. Uh, the next one I've got comes from, uh, this is Global Calgary. So, Greg, th this one uh, is your, your homies up there in Canada. This is meteorologist Jordan Witzel on Halloween. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, And if you that. see this, he's a meteorologist on TV. Oh, he comes out in some white... Unicorn. Oh my! He must have been drinking. Onesie. Onesie. I watched this. I watched this live, Phil. And, oh and he's God, got really? he's got a unicorn horn. He's got pink, long pink hair. He's got wings. 
He's like a the, Pegasus unicorn. The oh best part of this video, though, is his co-host who is just killing herself laughing. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my god! You got to be uh, very secure in yourself. To oh, very that. secure. Yeah. Very secure. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what you get up in Canada, I guess. There, huh, Greg? Eh? Yeah, yeah, eh? <laughs> All right. So, yep. So that's my weather, weather fools. All right, All right. Uh, Greg, you've got one, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm. Is it uh, MJ? Is it on screen there now? Are you able to see it? We got oh, it. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh. Perfect. So this is a video, and uh, I'll just put it into play here. Uh, this is a video shot by Dan Robinson, and uh, this is the time of year where we really got to start worrying about icy road conditions. But what makes this a weather fool oh. is the dude, watch this truck start oh. spinning out. But it, oh. it's real hard to see. But in the background, there's a guy who's out of his vehicle because he hit the median of the highway. He's out of his vehicle as all of this is going on. Oh. He's standing oh beside his vehicle. The whole time I was watching this, my heart was in my oh. throat. I was like, this guy's going to be killed here. Yeah. I, I thought I right? thought we were watching uh, a little Fast and the Furious Tokyo yeah, Drift. no kidding. It was like, it was. Kinda, they're all drifting So anyway, that's, uh, that's, my, uh, that's my first weather fool. And then uh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, Phil, if we have the second one, or um, MJ, if we have the second one up here. I don't know if I have it, that. It would be, it'd have to be on your tab. You got it on your tab. In, yeah, I got it on my tab. Yeah, Just I got go to my that tab here. Okay. Is that is, is that, that playing? Is that the icy road madness? N no, we still got the icy road madness. All right. Well, listen. Uh, the, it's more, more of the same. <laughs> yeah, it's more of the same. Here's the deal: is that uh, this time of year, obviously, you know, we're going to get icy roads, and people just got to slow down. Like you just you got to drive for the road conditions, and unfortunately, this time of year, you just don't see that. People make stupid mistakes. And uh, they're just driving too fast. So that, that's my weather fools. Anybody who's driving too fast <laughs> on the road this time here. I always well found that it takes people two to three weeks to relearn how to drive again. It's yeah, a serious, good rule yeah. of thumb. Ser serious yeah. question, because you guys are all down south. Uh, serious question. South. How many people would actually have winter, winter tires? Mm, we used to have them years ago in Nebraska no. and Iowa. But Even in Minnesota, we don't do that much yeah. anymore. I think no. they're outlawed, or is it studded tires are outlawed? I know yeah, my like, husband came down here with studded snow tires, and everybody didn't yeah. thought he was crazy. They'd never heard of it. Mm. There's there's places up here where it's illegal not to have those tires. Really? really? Yep, that's right. Yeah, because oh. it's just it's it's unsafe. Like it's it's. I think uh, some of the passes, uh, some of the mountain passes out west, yep. uh, they're required to have either uh, winter tires or chains, chains uh, before yeah. they go through yeah. the passes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, MJ. Uh, do you have one? Do you have a one? Yeah, you know what? Um, I had one. Bill Mill uh, sent us a tweet and had, and I just it, it it's just a static picture, but I just describe it quick. It um, it was uh, two school buses caught on camera driving through flooded roads. Oh. Uh -huh. and, and, yeah, and the picture, and so we'll post that on the show notes and everything. But the picture mm -hmm. is it's a little mini school bus, and it's well above its tires. Uh, driving through a completely flooded road, um, flowing along, and uh, oh. it's, it's quite quite the sight. So we'll post that on the show notes. But it was just a static picture. But we no kids in it, that. right? No kids. Well, in the you can't tell. It says uh -huh. that one of the drivers has been fired. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you think you think so? <laughs> yeah. So. Wonder what happened to the other one? <laughs> Shot and killed. Question. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I do have one. Um, this one's short, but it's so funny. You just want to kind of watch it over and over again. So this is from Natalie Shepard, um, and it the title is "This is what happens when it snows in Louisiana." And she there's you could tell that the grass is white now, but she's got this little like plastic pony i don't i can't tell if it's inflatable or it's just plastic but she goes and she slides in it and goes bam first she even gets oh. a little whiplash watch her watch her head go get yanked back when she hits it just doesn't want to slide oh anyway i i love it so if Beautiful. you guys any of the viewers who want or listeners who want to watch this get on um Episode 92 of Stormfront Freaks. Look at the show notes and you can watch them there. You got to watch that one again. <laughs> That's the good lessons on how not to go sledding. 
uh, in the winter. So, all right, good hashtag weather fools. Uh, we have we have actually had an opportunity to go into the garage. We we pulled out weather trollbot five thousand out of the garage again tonight. Uh, she's always asked by all of our listeners and viewers to to be on every episode. The challenge is, is we we need your help finding more trolls that that we can uh, interpret. So. Weather, it's a little history here. Weather Trollbot 5000, we bought her at a garage sale. And what she does is we search social media and the internet. We scour it for uh, opportunities where trolls are going after our weather friends. And, and our weather friends will then post some kind of response, which is always nice. You know, it's always sweet and professional. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but we really know they're probably not thinking that. Right when they're posting it. So what's great is Weather Trollbot. She interprets that for us. So so what we're doing tonight now, you guys, you all have to remember. Remember the old Scooby Doo shows where there was always some special guest, like yeah. Um, uh, gosh, who was Mama Cass? I know was on one. Dick Clark used to be the, on them, right? Yeah, He's been on one. Yeah, I think there was a Kiss episode or a Kiss one. There's been. Uh, anyway, so there's these Scooby-Doo episodes. They always have this great guest. Well, that's kind of a little bit what we're doing tonight because the special guest is none other than Ginger Z. Uh, this is all about her tonight because she has been posting the heck out of some amazing and stupid trolls on social media. So I've got three that that we're going to get uh, Weather Trollbot to help us interpret. And I will tell you in advance that uh, Weather Trollbot doesn't hold back. <laughs> She 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 will say it exactly as she's going to interpret it. So I'll, I'll let you know that uh, in advance. Ruh-roh. So yep. So the first one, this was on Twitter, and this came from BK, and he's on Twitter. He's known as B Beer League. <laughs> so you can uh. imagine, imagine how good this is. He says, uh, "I can't wait for the show where a chef does a weather series because Ginger's been doing a cookbook, uh. and uh, so now he's like criticizing. Well, how come?" We don't have chefs doing the weather now. And Ginger Z, she responded, don't... And she actually, I, I think Weather Trollbot's rubbing on her a little bit, but she <laughs> came back. She said, don't come at me with the you can only do one thing on TV lines. Go, Ginger. Exactly. Meteorologists cook and eat too. We are humans and scientists. I'm a mother, wife, and enjoy working out. It's all allowed. So what we're going to do, we're going to input all of that into Weather Trollbot. And we're going to have to have her interpret everything that's going on here. There go. All right, let's see what, uh, what Ginger was really thinking. Here is what Ginger was really thinking. Coming from someone who apparently has only one talent, according to your Beer League Twitter handle. I cannot wait for your frozen pizza book to come out. Biatch. <laughs> way to go ginger go ginger oh man i love ginger uh, i can't wait till she really starts actually tweeting that stuff out that'll be good all right so the next one from ginger so this this came from on twitter animal liberation and anti-natalism anybody know what anti-natalism is, is that is don't people, try to be smart maz don't no, try people it. who who are like don't like having, anti- having kids. He's they're, hurting. They're like anti-family or anti-kids. I think. Okay. Yeah, anyway, anti-kids. I would say on Twitter. Yeah. This is their Twitter handle at the bald vegan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you know it's Phil. It's gotta be good. Yeah. Phil. No, so so here's what they said. I'm getting tired of watching the news. These reporters so well dressed because they're raking in the big bucks. Ginger Z, probably obscenely highly paid weather girl. Wearing her stylish dead cow skin leather jacket last night. Uh, uh, here's a ginger girl. Z. She, yeah, exactly. So, so Dina, here's what she came back with. She said that that wasn't leather. It was a poly blend that feels almost like scuba gear. Super warm. Most importantly, I'm a meteorologist, not a weather girl. And do I pay an ins- and I do pay an insane amount for a stylist to borrow clothes for me, so I don't waste because I love the environment. So she's out. She's still always professional. She's which always is so that. nice. Yeah, very kind. Very but all right, kind. let's go ahead and input that. We got. We got to find out what she really wanted to say to the bald vegan. We we love her on the show. <laughs> which I will tell you, by the way, she's going to be back in February. Awesome. Uh, so she's going to be uh, joining us. But let's uh, let's find out what Weather Trollbot found out. 
Here's what Ginger was really thinking. You mother <laughs> It was not leather or any animal. But your stupid weather girl statement is probably because you can't say big words like meteorologist. <laughs> and yes, I make a load of money to wear nice things. So shove that up your weather girl ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ouch. Ouch. Matt, Maz, what'd you think about that? That was that was pretty good. She should have seen yeah, she was right there with like the question is not whether or not we make a boatload of money. We do. <laughs> Jealous. Okay. All right. So then the last one. This last one comes from uh, on Twitter, Isidro Montano, uh, known on Twitter as at Isidro Montano. Uh, they, they said, Ginger, I love your style, but I'm disappointed that you refuse to wear pantyhose or opaque tights ever again. This time of year, your pale bare legs look awful. Oh. <laughs> Whoever told, whoever told you sheer nylons are old-fashioned is wrong. Women with style know how to use them accordingly. Thanks. <laughs> she said thanks. Wait, this is a guy? This is a guy's thanks. I don't know. I, I, I'm a, I don't know. A it sounds like Sidro. an old lady. It does. It, it does, does sound like an it? old lady. Sidro, is that a male or female name? Anybody know? Sidro? I have no idea. All right. Well, here, here's what Ginger Z came back with. Uh, it was pretty short, but she said, the other difficult part about the weather turning is the pantyhose police come out in full force. All right, so we're going to enter all that stuff into Weather Trollbot here. That was a long one. Take a little while. My... <laughs> Greg's getting excited about this, man. That F5 is coming good. I know. All right, let's see what... Uh, let's... Oh, crap, hold on here. I, I lost the... It comes out in like this little tiny piece of paper. So I... <laughs> okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Here's what Ginger was really thinking. Like I've got time to worry about your pantyhose issues. I will let Weather Trollbot 5000 take this one. Woo! All right, she's there got it, baby. Go. Right on. Weather Trollbot's got it. So, hey, uh, we, we need help, so we want to ask everybody. We, we, we've had <laughs> – yeah, we need help. Um, keep sending in what you guys find. Uh, like listener Parker Owens helped us out as well. Uh, but, but look for something where uh, someone's trolling one of our weather friends. And uh, we'll have Weather Trollbot 5000 go ahead and interpret that for us. So Weather Friends, I like that. Yeah. That's right. Our like Wonder Trin Twins Activate. <laughs> activate. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right. Time to tech, uh, check out the Freak Fan Box, MJ. Hey, here we are. And um, let's see. This came from Parker Owens, and I think he felt bad that the uh, freak fan box was empty last. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why we aired that it was empty. We just yeah, need to right. always make people think it's always right. Full. Right. We'll get you to you when we get a chance. You grab one. Grab one from the top at a time. What was that, Matt? Grab one from the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Parker says, "Thank you guys for another great show tonight." Kevin was a fantastic guest. Always great to hear top-notch professionals talking about the ins and outs of what they do. And then in parentheses, Greg is an awesome addition to the show. Aww. Hopefully he gets to stay around for a bit. Yeah. Hey, Greg. <laughs> Phil. We'll keep him. We'll keep so him for a little go. while. Yeah, take a breathalyzer, Greg. I have nowhere to drive. He lasted through F5. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, uh, thanks for that, uh, Parker. And uh, remember, everybody, you can uh, contact us in lots of ways on Twitter at Stormfront Freak, uh, Facebook.com slash Stormfront Freaks, and uh, questions at StormfrontFreaks.com. All kinds of ways uh, to get a hold of us. Hey, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Before I reveal our next show and guest, I always want to ask, uh, if you love the show, do us a favor. Give us a great review on your podcast app. Uh, and, and if you even write something, gives us a chance to maybe uh, uh, advertise that on the show uh, next time we have. And, and go ahead and subscribe, because when you hit that subscribe or follow button, it just guarantees that you're going to get the latest show the minute we upload that. Uh, it'll show up right in your inbox. Uh, special thanks to our guest tonight, Simon. Great having you on tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Live from Puerto Rico, Simon Brewer. So uh, that was fun. You had some great stories, brother. Yeah. That was good. And our next episode, so we're going to be recording live on YouTube uh, next week, Thursday, November 21st. Normally, we're a bi-weekly show, but uh, uh, because of Thanksgiving coming up, we have to do something a little different. We're going to record on the 21st, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 
8 o'clock central. Uh, we are going to be releasing that show, that edited podcast will be released on Thanksgiving Day still. So that'll be still on the 28th, two weeks from tonight. Uh, but our it's going to be our famous holiday weather gift show. So this will be our fourth annual holiday weather gift show. So right before Black Friday gives you a chance to find out what some of the great weather products and things that are out there that you're going to want to put on your own list or maybe you want to get for one of your uh, friends or family members. We're going to cover all kinds of things. We're also going to have our guest is going to be Turbulent Skies artist Jay Bigham oh, yeah. uh, is going to be our guest, and, and I, th I think Greg knows, uh, knows Jay as well. Uh, so he's going to be on there, and, and I listen to this lineup of products that we're going to be reviewing, and I will also share with you we're going to be giving these away over the next four weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas nice. on Twitter. Mm. Uh, we've, we're going to be talking about Kestrel meters, atmosphere and drive weather app, weatherman umbrellas, uh, turbulent skies. So Jay's going to be on there. He's got some prints. Uh, Sangian radios, Midland radios, and, and actually Bruce Jones from Midland's going to be stopping by for a little bit on the mm. show. Accurite, tornado trackers, lightning trigger, and Natatmo uh, weather station. So we're all that stuff we're going to be talking about so you can kind of find out what you think you might like and maybe even have a chance to, to win it before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, that should free be fun. Stuff, people, free stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, good, good thing. So I, I think that does it. MJ, Maz, Dina, Greg, and Simon. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.